Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This episode was recorded in partnership with Byron Writers Festival. I was meant to be hosting a live event up north, but due to COVID restrictions, that obviously couldn't happen. However, with support from the Copyright Agency's Cultural Fund, we recorded a very special Byron Writers Festival Queer Stories podcast. And you can enjoy the whole thing as part of their Conversations from Byron series at byronwritersfestival.com, or you can listen to the stories one at a time here. Ellen Van Nierven is an award-winning writer, editor and educator of Munanjali Yugambe and Dutch heritage, with strong ancestral ties to southeast Queensland. They write fiction, poetry and non-fiction, and play football on unceded Turbal and Yuggera land. Ellen's books, Heat and Light, Comfort Food, and most recently, Throat, have won countless awards, and they've edited three collections, including the recent Homeland Calling. Jingari Jingbalang. I'm on Yagara and Turbal Dagen, and I'm Malanjali from the Yugumba language group, which for those of you who don't know, is a Logan, Gold Coast and Scenic Rim region of Southeast Queensland. My mum is a Curry and a Williams. We have a really big family here in Brisbane. And my dad is Dutch. Uh, the Van Nierwens are also a really big family that come from a village called Mielo in the south of the Netherlands. I'm going to read to you five poems from my new book called Throat and I'm just going to give you a little bit of context to the book which was written over a four-year period. Two of those years I spent in Nam on Kulin country and the other two were back home on the Yagara and Turrbal country in Brisbane. I had some amazing experiences in Nam, but I felt quite homesick and I had a tendency on being hard on myself. Uh, but whenever I felt depressed or homesick, I thought about my spiritual connection to country and how nothing can ever take that away because it's inside of me. I thought about the the rivers, particularly Mewa, Brisbane River, and I thought of the mountain range out of Bodessa Way. I thought about the storms and winds and rains and the earth and the trees and the birds, and I found my way back. The title of Throat comes from a quote from the black British poet Patient Agbigby. I love throat as a title because it can symbolise more than just one thing. Throat can be like your power to speak. Throat can be about pleasure. Throat can be about pain. 
And then I was also thinking about the black-throated finch, which has been a symbol for the fight against the Amani, the Adani Carmichael coal mine. So the beautiful bird that's already endangered and already lost 88% of its historical range. So it's a, you know, it's that threat that's constantly there. Uh, environmental themes, I, I write about these strongly because if country is not healthy, we are not healthy. This book has five sections, which is really important to sort of note. Um, the first section is called They Haunt Walk In. Now, I'm sort of taking cues from two writers, Quoley Driscoll is a Cherokee two-spirit writer that talks a lot about haunting, and Blood Memory, which is inspired by Natalie Harkin, which those of you will know is a queer Nunga writer from South Australia. Ancestral memory is what I really draw on in this particular section and just how present it is in our bodies and how memory can be both comforting and painful. I'm going to read you a poem called Vinegar. This poem refers to... um, cleaning as a sort of site of violence for um, racialized people. Vinegar. Sometimes the house is unclean. In this panic, I find myself in both past and future. When we clean houses, we do so knowing that they are watching and our lives depend on it. When we teach our children to clean houses, we do so knowing that they are watching and our lives depend on it. I honour your cleaning recipes, squatting on the shower floor. I will not have to work as hard, and I don't have your burdens. But I wonder, does the intergenerational load get heavier or lighter? That was vinegar. Section two is called Whiteness is Always Approaching. And it's informed by Claudia Rankin's work, who's an African-American writer. And she writes, how do you understand white privilege if you don't understand that you're white? If you don't understand that racism is actually about how whiteness functions inside the culture. So, so often us as First Nations peoples, and I think Claudia's talking about um, black people in America and other racialized groups like First Nations Americans, we are studied and we are pulled apart. Uh, But what whiteness, what critical race studies is doing is is sort of turning it upside down and looking at whiteness, uh, looking at uh, white supremacy, white privilege, white guilt. Um, And I wrote some of this section when I was in Europe and saw how extractive colonialism made Europe what it is today. And I wrote this poem while I was in this really extravagant pool in Munich in Germany. And just thinking about the kind of wealth that had been stolen, 
to build a building like this. The body labours under memory. My tongue hurts from all the things I have said, all the things I haven't. Ways of feeling invisible require proper planning. All the spit in the world in this pool, especially mine. The third section, I can't wait to meet my future genders, talks about gender as a colonial construct. I really see my gender as fluid and I embrace that, I celebrate that. Um, But there was, you know, definitely been periods of confusion and I wrote this poem, Dysphoria, when I was feeling kind of like an alien in my own body, feeling like... I wasn't good enough, Um, you know, I wasn't one or the other and that made me feel kind of weird in, and of course being in relationships you have to negotiate your, your body with another person and that can be quite triggering, this is called dysphoria. Liberate love into dust, shifting, self-gearing. Love them all, credit me. Do what makes you happy, she says, but doesn't mean it in the way my mum says. The desire to take clothes off, to take them off, but also take off another level underneath. Peel away those expectations, get closer to my truth. I love my mind, but I haven't come to terms with this. I catch you in an embrace with another part of me, looking backwards into dust. The fourth section, speaking outside, is like a bit of a riff on Sister Outsider by Audrey Lord, which who's one of my favourite writers. Lord was writing about intersectionality way before it became the buzzword that it is today. And I've got this uh, book of essays um, that come from Sister Outsider. And some of them are really seminal, like poetry is not a luxury. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. But my favourite is called Uses of the Erotic, the Erotic as Power, which explains erotic as not just a physical experience, but a sort of magic, a show of resilience in the face of a racist, patriarchal and homophobic society. And Lord said, when I speak of the erotic then, I speak of it as an assert." Assertion of the life force of women, of that creative energy empowered, the knowledge and use of which we are now reclaiming in our language, our history, our dancing, our loving, our work and our lives. So this section is really about reclaiming our language, you know, as someone who has the kind of birthright of 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 wanting to learn Yugumbel language, language that's been stolen from us, but yet still we hang on to. 
and um, I was part of a project where I worked with uh, my cousin Sean Davis to work on some translations of my poems which are included in this section and while I was learning language and going on this journey I wrote this poem uh, which is called I Do Have a Tongue um, and it goes I do have a tongue that wants to speak in the language of cultural desire and that's really about me having these desires that are beyond empire that are actually really really innate to me as a spiritual Yugumbe person who has this inside me, this this need to connect and the need to be autonomous. I do have a tongue that wants to speak in the language of cultural desire. I want so much more. Which part of the brain, body, throat does language enter? Tell me what happened at the opening. What does it mean to be held in another tongue? The tongue leads us to the last section of my book, which is called Take Me to the Back of My Throat. Saying, take me to that dark, vulnerable place. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to tell you all my secrets. Honouring and truth-telling. And saying that if you want to come on this journey with me and be vulnerable with me as a reader, I have to be vulnerable as a writer too. So this is a very small poem. It simply goes... Take me to the back of your throat, I'll stay. Take me to the back of my throat, I'll stay. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.